0: Hello everyone, I'm Koshana Myers. Welcome back to Soul Talks with Q. Today we're going to be talking about um, emotional abandonment. Uh, that's a topic that I had um, really was trying to avoid. <laughs> Not, uh didn't think I was fully ready to go there yet, um, but... What's a soul talk if you can't go deep? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to dive into that. Um, what made me uh, get on emotional uh, abandonment was um, triggered by a podcast I was listening to. And this podcast about by um, my spiritual uh, mentor, my soul sister, who I love so, so, so deep. So deep, y'all. S-O-U-L deep uh Jenny Hart that's J E N N I H A R T she has uh, a podcast on Anchor and on Spotify uh podcast is called Spiritual Ship with 3 T's um I was listening to um her you're here for a reason bruh <laughs> uh that's the name of it and um that sparked me up it was so deep y'all I uh, I was not expecting. <laughs> I was not expecting all those gems that she dropped on um, on her podcast, um, in the podcast. As I was listening to uh, so many things she was saying, one of the things that really hit me was um talking about abandonment and how abandonment uh shows up in your in your life in so many different ways and that's when it really um it really hit me that I have been um still battling and dealing with some abandonment issues. Um didn't even really think deep about um me having uh abandonment issues but this week i was well. this week and last week like i have been so triggered um by so many different people um especially like family friends loved ones you know those close to your heart i was so triggered and didn't know why like what is going on i was aggravated i'm irritated i was cluttering my mind was cluttered and everything I was like just all over the place and I couldn't figure out I couldn't like pinpoint what were these people what is it that they had in common that was triggering me so much about the things they said the things they did um I was talking to some people about uh, starting my podcast and I did not get the support, which I, um, I was expecting, uh, especially from people who I love. So that was, uh, that was pretty, uh, that was pretty tough. And so it really, uh, triggered me a lot of, uh, a lot of different ways and, listen to that made me realize that it was abandonment um that i was uh dealing with and that was um irritating me so 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 much and i couldn't figure figure out why was it now that i was just so bothered and i started to um really think on really think on it and I'm like okay that's it this is the reason why I'm so irritated this is the reason why I can't uh, tolerate it this is the reason why I'm so uh, feeling so rage and disconnected and stuff because with me you got to be one way either hot or you're cold there's no lukewarm it's either black or is white i don't do the gray areas i need to know where you at where you're staying you know so i know like yes i kind of categorize you to like no uh if you're not for me you're gonna stay over there if you're for me you know you're gonna be right here so um any shaky behaviors and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, I'm it's either attached or detach. Uh it's not gonna be, you know, both of it or um you're gonna be this one way, uh, one day and then the next day you switch up. I can um I can do it. I have no tolerance for it. Um and that right there um made me sit back and think on some things And I was thinking back about emotional abandonment. And that was another thing that she said that, you know, most times um, the abandonment that you feel is from, you know, your loved ones, from the ones you in the uh, house was, I mean, the ones that you are in the house with. Um, Me and my three siblings were raised up by my mom, single mother of uh, four um she was a team uh teen mom and so she had her own uh she had her own struggles, um, and I'm quite sure that she even had well, she has discussed some but some emotional abandonment from her mom, which is my grandmother, who um has transitioned, um, but played a major, major role in my life. Um, and I'm quite sure my grandmother, um, had some of those similar issues in, in her life, which she didn't really discuss on a lot of it. She discussed on it, um, briefly. So with that being said, um, there were many times in many different ways that emotionally I did, um. I did feel abandoned. I emotionally, I felt like my mom did not uh, show up for me. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, I uh, took into account that, okay, it's not just me. She had other kids. She has other stuff going on. But that did not take away from the fact that um, I was not getting my needs met um, emotionally um, from my mom. And not really uh understanding how much that was affecting me um and even still how much they had affected me even even in my adulthood and the role that it played in my relationships the role that it played with uh family members the role that it even played in um parenthood for me um it, it was it was really really deep um For me, when I didn't get, um, the emotional fulfillment, uh, younger, um, I had my siblings there, so we kind of filled each other, uh, needs and stuff. So, you know, you play, you, you cry, you act out, you fight, (laughs) whatever you can to get that attention. Um. I had my uh two sisters and my brother, they was always lashed up on me. So that was like um our coping mechanism. Uh that was, you know, our um our bonding and our playtime helped distract us and fulfill the, you know, the lack emotionally that um we were feeling at the time and also I had my grandmother, um, which for me was my emotional fulfillment was, um, my grandmother, um, because she tended to my emotional, uh, needs, you know, you're young, you know, you cry too much, you not, you know, you're too old to be acting like this and act like that and stuff that, you know, I was tell, I was too emotional and, you know, I was crying too much and this and that, um, because there was a need that I needed that was not being met, but with my grandmother, I was free, and she met my needs. My grandmother she let me be me, <laughs> and that was not always uh, that was not always a good thing because I ran with it. <laughs> I really, really ran with it uh, with my grandma. Uh, allowed me to, you know, be free, and the things that I did seemed to make her laugh, uh, make her happy, and it was, it made me feel good seeing that, um, the things that I would do would make her laugh, and I was getting a response, uh, out of her versus where if I was doing it at home, I would be getting in trouble. (laughs) I would be getting in trouble, my mouth going a hundred miles per hour saying, whatever i want to say telling every single thing on every single body i did not, <laughs> i did not care but it pleased me to please my grandma and it felt uh, it felt good I was the oldest of uh, three kids, three siblings. So being the oldest is like so much more is required of you. You know, you gotta grow up a little bit more. You got siblings watching you, you got them depending on you. You don't really know uh, what that is and what that means. So to find um, somewhere where you can just uh, be you um, and have that uh, safe space without all that extra uh, pressure and stuff um, it was uh, everything and I was was a very uh, emotional child had a lot of anxiety but I experienced uh, you know some emotional some very emotional trauma and um, life events early on um, in life and so um, with that, uh, that also contributed to you know my needs as far as needing uh extra uh emotional and affection and attention and that compassion and my grandmother um we were very close, and she uh, with her it just like it zoned everything uh it zoned everything else out so um, those was the ways that I cope, besides you know when you kids you imagining your imagination uh saves you takes you to uh another place, and that was the things that I did. I love anything that was it got my imagination going i, I read reading books, the movies, whatever to take me um to another place to give me. Uh, The things that I was uh, lacking, that pleasure, that joy that I was lacking. And I learned to um, find pleasure in pleasing other people. That was um, a major uh, thing for me is, uh, you know, not uh, getting to the place where I wasn't even so much concerned about my needs anymore. Um, I just enjoyed um, pleasing other other people. It took um, took the eyes off me, uh and my needs. After a while, you know, you numb up, and you know you focus on other people, and you stay there until you know that cup runs too dry, and you you are depleted. There's nothing else to. Fill that cup and then you know everything starts to um everything starts to hit you um and i started to even realize it in my in my parenting where i was displaying some of the um the similar issues where i've tried to first i tried to make sure that my kids never experienced any of the hardships I had to go through any of the uh emotional abandonment any anything that was unpleasant for me i made sure I tried to go above and beyond i said try because <laughs> i did not uh i did not get it right in a lot of ways um my intentions was to but that's not how uh it worked it worked out and I tried to make sure that I didn't want that for my kids, so I overcompensated in a lot of different ways. I followed the same path, Uh, in the sense as my mom. I was a, a teen mom. I had my oldest when I was uh, sixteen uh, years old, and having him was also another. It was so fulfilling. Like I wasn't scared. Uh, being sixteen, gonna be a mom. I had my grandma. Uh, So my mom, she was like, she was not having it. You having a baby, you finna get kicked out, the whole thing. (laughs) So it was like, we had just moved from California, moved to Arkansas. So it's like I had been, my grandma had moved away for about six years before uh, I moved down there uh, with her. So it's like I was already waiting to get back Give back to my grandma so I can, uh, I can be me um, again, having siblings and stuff, uh, it can be, it can be a lot of pressure for uh, a young person. So, you know, when she was saying all that, I'm just like, okay, <laughs> uh, my grandma, you know, she had already let me know. Don't worry about nothing. You're gonna get through this. You're gonna be great. And versus what my mom was saying, so again, that emotional fulfillment was being uh, met. So when I had my son, that was so fulfilling. Now my whole world was wrapped around this beautiful little boy, and all I wanted to do was feel his needs in any and every, uh, way that I could. I wasn't worried about anything else. I didn't care about anything he- else. Um, parenting was not a hard, he was an easy baby, <laughs> quiet baby. Well, up until he started walking. When he started walking, it was a with. <laughs> it was over with because he was a busy body, but it started there. And, um, I had Seven years after I had him, I had my um I had my baby boy and then two years after that I had my uh daughter and my world was so wrapped around um my kids and trying to meet all of their needs in every different way. I mean it kind of had me on eggshells though because wanted to do everything right, everything bomb um, everything perfect making sure they didn't um experience anything that I experienced but it also had me neglecting myself my needs and my wants because it was like it was no longer about me it's about my babies and sometimes you do the right things for the wrong reason you got to have balance and all things and I was after I had my oldest son uh two, he was uh two I um started getting sick when I was 18 and I was uh, going to cna class doing all these um classes and stuff and I was feeling so sick and I didn't know what was going on I'm seeing all the specialists and they couldn't find out what's going on was just doing tests it took them three years to find out what was uh going on with me and I was diagnosed with um SLE uh lupus and discoid lupus um for those who don't know uh sle lupus is um lupus of your organs where basically cause your lupus gets in your organs cause things to shut down uh discoid lupus is uh, lupus of the skin where you break out in a lot of different uh rashes and so when i got my um diagnosis i was having a lot of different pains a lot of different troubles, a lot of different, um, problems. It, um, it was really hard. And so I had this chronic illness. I had three kids. Um, I got married, um, by my, um, two youngest dad. And so now I'm a, I'm a wife. I'm a mother. (laughs) I'm battling this, um, illness that is having me bed bound, I can't move I can't breathe, I'm on 15 pills a day, I need a pill to get up, a pill to go to sleep and the only thing that kept my focus even off of that and kept my mindset um, in the right places um, was my kids and so it didn't matter how I felt it didn't matter where I was going through because everything was, I had to uh do it for do it for them, but there were many times where I got so wrapped up in. You know, me being sick, that I didn't, I uh, wasn't always hitting my uh, kids' needs. There were so times I was just getting so wrapped up in, in life and not being able to uh, balance things that. Um, I wasn't showing up for them the way that I needed uh, to, and I say, especially for my oldest, because he was, he was older, um, in school, and he had his own, um, things going on he was a very active child so now he's acting out (laughs) and doing this and doing that I was running back and forth up to the schools and he was just like on 10 all of the time and I'm like what is going uh, on I was just like had so much I had to try to um, juggle and then I started to you know uh, deal with a lot of just childhood things and it was just a lot to handle a lot to um a lot to balance I didn't I didn't know how I thought you know going to church getting saved and all that was gonna just magically take all these things away um for me but it did not um it did not happen like that um not as I thought it was. It's going to wash everything away. <laughs> it was going to fix it. Uh, fix it all for me. And I, I wasn't going to have to do all that uh, extra you know, extra work. And I was working so hard on being good and doing the right thing. Because I thought you do the right things. Right things happen. You know. And that's not how that went. And I started to see uh, in my oldest where he had some needs that was not being met and that was um that was on me because i was getting so busy so wrapped up in so many different things that i didn't wasn't able to meet you know i wasn't meeting his needs as he needed me to and it was frustrating me that he was acting out cuz i'm like i'm doing everything that i'm supposed to be doing i'm doing um what i know to do and I thought doing all these uh, things would be enough. We watched movies, we played games, got whatever he wanted. Um, we took time to time, had heart to heart, always love him, tell him how much I love him, want to know what's going on in his day, and just doing all this thing. And it just was not, he just still has some lack. Um, and I did not know how to, um, I didn't know how to fix it. Um I couldn't feel um he had a void um and i couldn't i couldn't feel it I, and it started to um it started to really bother me and on a deep level and I had to try to sit down and you know just really go within to see like how do I how do I fix this and the way that I learned how to fix it i had to first start to um fix it in me because i started to see so much of myself my younger self uh in my uh children and then when life gave me a big old twist <laughs> um Life gave me a big couple, a uh, couple twists where I couldn't no longer, uh, you know, fake it. I couldn't no longer, um, pretend that I had to face, uh, uh, everything. Um, there was no, there was no running anywhere. It's just, uh, you have to, uh, you have to just face it. I, my grandmother, uh, she transitioned and... 2014, and I couldn't even allow myself to really fully process that. I was I was going through emotion, but I couldn't even really let myself uh fully process, uh what was going on, or even feel, and I didn't even get a chance to really even gr- grieve because I I already knew that so many people were still depending on me to be, they shoulder still depending on me to be they like, still depending on me to continue as normal and I still had kids to go, um, tend to, a husband to go tend to. So I didn't even allow myself to fully even uh fully even grieve. I didn't realize how devastated um I was like it was it was so bad. Like at the funeral, yes, I I did. I screamed, I hollered, and I cut up, and that wasn't even the half of it. Um, that was just some. That was almost like the, the surface. It it was even deeper. Um, it was even deeper than that. A uh, year after that, I got uh, I got divorced, and it was just so many uh, series of crazy events. <laughs> I, had, I mean, some real crazy events um happened in my life, and I had nothing. The, the comforts that I had, I no longer had anymore. I couldn't uh run to my grandma. I felt like I had uh let my let my kids down. My siblings, they were all all uh, grown, um, you know, branching off, doing their own thing. They were. I had families and stuff like that. Um, I wasn't married anymore, so and anyhow, that my kids, by me feeling like I had let them down, it was like everything hurt. Even when, you know, they're smiling, laughing, and they're telling me that, you know, I'm asking them, you know, emotionally what do they need from me, and they're saying nothing, but, it wasn't satisfying me and what I was feeling because I had felt so empty, like I had nothing to give them because I was so um I was so depleted inside, and that was um that was really hard for me. So I I started doing um so many things to try to keep them busy to try to fill their needs and to. You know, eventually I started to really just uh, sit down and have some heart to heart um talks with them about everything. I didn't I didn't hold anything back and I wanted them to really be able to be um open with me about any and everything so that I can uh address their uh issues and you know, with them now having um, so much uh, grief of their own now, with the new changes and stuff that's going in, it was a really hard. Um, it was a really hard learning process. I started to look over everything, um, every situation in my life, every person in my life, every relationship in my life, and it was like. How this happened? How did I, you know, how did I get here? I was just so sad and overwhelmed and, uh, and grief, but I was, I was depleted. I was depleted on so many different, um, levels just full of hurt and, uh, let downs, uh, from family, uh, marriage. Um, my mom and my dad are at that time um relationship wasn't where i needed it to be i experienced a whole level of church hurt and stuff like that it was just like a whirlwind of uh emotional trauma my grandma was gone um it was just like a series of just devastation um and I guess in a sense I that's when I start to realize like well no, not even then. I didn't even realize it then but um I didn't realize it consciously but subconsciously um I think I was I was showing it in so many different ways by me neglecting myself that was showing that um how I did not feel worthy to receive um, I desire reciprocation, but I was not really in a place to surrender to um, reciprocation i I didn't know how to receive that because that's not what was um what was always given, and when it was given, I couldn't even fully surrender to that feeling. Because it was, it was like that overwhelming that somebody would, you know, give back to me what I give. And that was a hard thing for me to really comprehend. And it took some years, um, a lot of years and healing for me to really even just realize that I had a problem with receiving because i didn't even feel, uh, worthy to receive, and I had so much, just emotional trauma in my, um, in my womb, I mean, it's no wonder I was, you know, I was as sick as I was, because I had so much stuff that was stored up inside of me, and of, of just trapped emotions, and trapped traumas, and stuff like, so much stuff that I had sucked in, I had suppressed so um and a lot of it I later found out how much a lot of that, even with the symptoms and stuff that I was going up I was having a lot of that was just trapped emotions that had manifested in the physical and once I started to address those issues uh, a lot of those symptoms started, uh started to go away but that's a whole nother uh, a whole nother uh, podcast. <laughs> but I learned how important it is to feel what needs to be felt so that you can release uh, what needs to be released and healed. I was looking over um relationships trying to find patterns and stuff that I had in different and different people. And I even started to evaluate the people I was close to, even family uh, members. Like, what was it, you know, what was it that the people in my life had in common? But I found out the things that were in common were they gave me emotional fulfillment. They fulfilled my my needs. Now, many of them, uh, they poured out to me. And a lot of them. I did so much pouring in, uh, into because it felt good. I was a giver. I am a natural giver and I was just giving, giving, giving and when I didn't feel like I had anything to give, I uh I couldn't uh I couldn't tolerate that. It wasn't a, it wasn't a good feeling um at all cuz when you when I, when you feel like you don't have anything uh to give, you don't feel worthy. Um, you don't feel worthy to receive. Uh being it almost uh feels like um sometimes like being uh invisible. Um, uh, in some cases because we're with people, when you can't give, they don't give either. So, uh, when people are, you know, using um, what you give to them uh, against you, uh, meaning when you don't, they feel like you're not giving to them, they shut off to you. Um, That is, uh, that can have you in a place where you feel like you don't even... Uh, have a right um, to exist and that's deep um, that's that's deep and it shows up in um, a lot of different ways and you really um, have to take the time to step back and really identify the hurts acknowledge the hurts um, acknowledge your coping mechanisms Acknowledge how you attach and uh, detach from people. And I started to even notice, like... um, Not everybody that I had labeled toxic was toxic. A lot of people trigger uh, me, you know. And, you know, we feel triggered. We think it's a bad thing. But the blissing is definitely in the uh, triggers. And I'm just recently uh, learning that how... The blessing is in the triggers. Um and the reason why it is a uh, blessing is because when you're being triggered, you your wounds, um, them old wounds, old illusions, uh distorted thoughts and stuff, all that is being uh exposed. Of course nobody likes to feel triggered or nobody hitting at the wounds, but you hit at a wound or something, I'm gonna cut you off. I'm going to cut you all the way off. I'm not going to talk to you. <laughs> we all want relationships where it feel good. Everything feels good and feel great. And if it don't, then, you know, you you need to be gone and that's not it. That is not it. Um those those triggers, those triggers, those triggers it leads you to um your healing. It leads you to heal so many things. It leads you to uh, see so many things that you didn't see before. It leads you to expose all of the illusions and the lies you've told yourself about yourself, um, that you're thinking, even the distorted uh, ways that you have. Like, it exposes all of that. And, of course, no one wants to see the... um, the not so good parts of themselves uh, as they put it um but there's no such thing as good as bad um when it comes to you um nobody the stuff that don't feel good, we don't like to acknowledge that now everything that feels good, of course, um we want to um acknowledge that, but you can't get better if all that all those things don't get exposed. How would you know what better is? Um, if you didn't see the, you know, not so good, uh, parts, how would you know? I paid attention to the people that I attached to. And a lot of times the people that you attach to when you haven't healed those abandonment issues is, you know, the people that you feel that's going to be there, the people that you feel that's not going to leave, the people that giving you the promotion, emotional fulfillment, uh, that you um think that you need those are the people that you attach to a lot of times we uh trauma bond we attach to people um who we share similar uh traumas people who cater to our wounds and though that's not good to just have people on your team that cater to your wounds because you stay stuck and stagnant like that. You you can't elevate and rise in that. If they're gonna uh, cater uh, to your wounds, uh, there's no uh, there's no growth in that. There's there's nothing high vibrational um, by that. And now I'm at a place. If I see people in my life who are catering when I'm having my moments, and you catering uh, to me, vibe and low. You catering to uh anything that may stagnate me. I'm making moves around now cuz I don't need people uh around me um like that because that doesn't that doesn't help me and I'm so cautious of it now and I'm paying attention to the people um who trigger me because people are just a reflection of you. So a lot of times you need to sit back and think about the things that is triggering. Why is it, why is it triggering you? Why are you so, um, why are you so triggered? Uh, people are used as uh, vessels to trigger you, but it's triggering you, um, for your growth and for your, uh, highly good. It's divinely, uh, orchestrated, it's divinely guided to, uh, help you, um, help you learn and master your soul lessons and um those soul lessons uh uh, I didn't do so well with them I had to keep repeating and repeating and repeating and they were showing up so many times so many different ways but I just did not see it it was uh it just kept on coming, kept on coming, I kept resisting and I kept on um I kept on fighting it and didn't know until like I said, this week, um that I was still healing and still dealing with um, dealing with abandonment, uh abandonment issues and I was, uh, thinking over, um, my divine masculine, and even in that, um, yeah, it was all good, sweet, and, uh, in the beginning, because, <laughs> you know, when you're in the beginning stages, it's all nice, it's all lovely, it's all sweet, you're bonding, and everything is going smooth, but, um, Mm. When those triggers start to come,, mm, mm, mm. that's when it don't get fun no more. <laughs> that's when you like, nope, I don't want this no more. I got to go, um, and I did not understand why I was being so triggered by so many things like oh, it gets under my skin with so much different stuff and I just did not uh get it and I had to think about it like you know in the beginning it was so much emotional for him yeah we had a lot of um uh, a lot of things in common with um not just uh trauma bonds and different hurts and stuff but the way we see life He's a he's a reflection of me he's a giver just like I am um Similar in personality, but different in, uh, different ways as well. I'm very, uh, uh, can be very intensely, uh, passionate <laughs> about the things that I say. I can be pretty emotional. <laughs> um, whereas he's not as much as I am. So that starts to cause, um, some challenges because as he was rising into his divinity he no longer gave me the emotional responses that I needed and there were times when I was petty <laughs> and I was trying to provoke <laughs> and I was trying to I nitpick because I was so used to it I was so used to getting a re uh I was so used to getting that response like okay if you care about somebody you're gonna you know, you're going to respond in certain ways and stuff, but that's not true. That was me and my distortion, um, and that, that wasn't. And I was just getting so triggered, like, how could you how could you not care, you know? I'm saying stuff, I'm telling stuff, how could you not care? How did that not, not uh, matter? Nothing I said was like, you know me fulfilling that need and when that need was not uh getting fulfilled i was hurt i felt neglected i felt abandoned i felt unloved and i felt so many different things It's like how why you know and all these different things and what is it about him that triggered me so much i can hear somebody else say certain stuff or do certain stuff and boom i can walk away with no problem but with him i could not I could not do, even though he's triggering me. And I was having all these feelings and emotional motions. I could not, I couldn't walk away. Like, no, I, I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. Like, I just had so, I have so much love and so much respect for him. It's like, you know, I was just so, um, I was so confused about what, uh, what was going on. And it really dawned on me um, about the uh, abandonment issues that I have and why I was, why, you know, certain behaviors was when he's not responding to me as I feel like I I needed to be responded to, why it was bothering me so much. But it was bothering me so much because of... Uh, um, my abandonment uh, issues, and my fear of uh, rejection, and all of that. And my spiritual mentor mentioned uh, just tonight. She said sometimes it's not even your fear of rejection, but um, your fear of being uh, chosen, and that too hit deep. Because when you're constantly in survival mode and when you've been in survival mode where you've been seeing rejection, abandonment, and feeling invisible to those that you love and you finally um, find that safety, you finally find that Uh, divine love like it's a love like you never experienced before and you do have fear of rejection like what if they don't choose you what if this don't work Uh, this this and that but subconsciously you really do have a fear of what if they choose you what if and the illusion is focusing on what the what if of the rejection, but really, it's the what if, if be if you've been chosen, if nobody ever chose you before, you always had to choose you. Versus, like myself, I always had to choose me in every situation. Um, I had to choose myself, or I had to do go through extreme measures to like the like. I had to give so much and do so much to be chosen. So, um, that fear of being chosen um that hit me that hit me really hard like wow do I really have a fear of being being chosen because like what does that feel like coming from uh, a place so pure and so sacred like to feel so worthy of that um so worthy of that of that type of um that type of love I mean it's just it was overwhelming like <laughs> when I really just started thinking, it made me to really um dig deep and really um just break down, but it was a beautiful breakdown because it was so unneeded and so uh, long overdue um and it was time. It's time to start healing that. I'm now at a place where I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful for, um, all of the triggers and, um, everything, every soul lesson that I had to, uh, learn and experience. And I'm still learning and still growing and experiencing, um, to get me to where I'm at and to get me to where I am um where I am going because it's so needed. I'm glad I was triggered this week so deeply. Um from my Divine Masculine, from friends, from uh loved ones. I'm I'm glad for the triggers and then when my soul sister hit with that podcast, that really just made everything tumble, but it made it click for me. It really, really made it um made it click for me. Like, wow, abandonment issues? Really? This is what's going on? <laughs> so my spiritual team really getting my attention, uh my attention this week with uh so many different in so many different ways, it's like hey, 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 hey. But one way to get my attention for sure is through my divine masculine. That that just like, whoa, wait a minute. I can deal with everything else, <laughs> but when my divine masculine get to trigger of me, like everything is like uh uh-uh, uh. Nope, I can't function. I can't deal with this because I'm bothered. Like, uh, and I'm so bothered because. I know that it means, it's like, it means something, I'm being triggered for a reason, it's it's a reflection of me, so I'm trying to figure out what is what, but in that moment I can't think of that because I'm just, I'm just so irritated, I'm just so bothered, I'm not trying to hear about nothing that I need to be healing or none of that, it's you, 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 it's the problem, what is your problem, but in reality is what's my problem. Because it's something that I am um, needing to face, something that I am needing to um, deal. And I'm used to other people uh, not being available, you know, other people kind of triggering uh, different things and not showing up. But because of uh, the relationship uh, we have, when certain things are, are done, it's like, well, I'm not used to that from you know, used to that from you. So this is really getting my attention and really, really uh, bothering me because he is my safe, my safe place. Um, yes, that's home for me. That's something I never experienced and never uh, felt with uh, with anyone on that level um, with before. So. Uh, that really got my attention and revealed a lot of things to me that I'm like, Hey, I gotta uh I gotta get this together. I gotta I gotta heal this, not just for me, but I need to uh, heal this for my uh kids and also show my kids how to heal uh this um this with them as well because I don't want them to repeat Any other, you know, soul lessons and stuff that I had to repeat. Any other, the way I had to go about learning it and learning it um, at this stage in life. I mean, I'm grateful for it, but would I have liked to have learned that uh, early on? Uh, Yes, but I am grateful for my journey because as I have been healing um, so many different things, I've also seen so much heal even, you know, in my in my body. I know those medications I used to take, I don't need those anymore. My spiritual mentor also she put me on by different herbal remedies and stuff till um even during this quarantine, they took me off my medicine. I have been on for so many years and the other time would have put me in a state of shock uh in a state of panic and whereas now i'm cooling <laughs> i'm cooling i'm chilling i'm focusing on uh things that i need to heal going within focusing on uh my kids helping them um also go within addressing uh issues um and all that, keeping keeping their minds uh, busy, keeping them filled, showing them how to also uh, fill their cup as I have learned how to uh, fill, um, fill my cup as well. On that note, going to take a quick little uh, commercial break. Be right back. already I'm back um where was I (laughs) um not addressing uh emotional uh abandonment it would have you craving some of the worst most emptiest uh things uh whether it be uh food people just anything that gives you that satisfy uh even if it's temporary that um um that feeling that fills that void uh temporarily um any type of some type of emotional response or uh attention it'll have you seeking and it's showing up in so many different uh ways in your life it'll also make you um disconnect uh to things uh, things and people around you uh, that you know you don't uh benefit um, from it it puts you in a place um the way you micromanage everything and you become so controlling in so many different ways i never seen myself as a controlling person people always called me passive uh until i was mad and then i become aggressive but i was controlling in a lot of ways because i was controlling how I was being perceived, I was controlling, um, trying to control, uh, everything to keep my environment around me good, I did certain things, you know, to make sure everything was, you know, okay for me and others in my life and in my world and stuff, and even that, I mean, all that had to be turned down, um because you can't you can't do that either you can't uh, control because it puts you in a state of uh, fear and um, fear comes when you're trying to control stuff and when your fear get out of control it causes anxiety it causes anxiety is because you align uh you align with fear and all of that has to be um all of that has to be addressed and those are all um emotions to get your attention to let you know hey uh something's going on uh something uh needs to um be addressed and all that hit me like a ton of um like a ton of bricks um today and i needed to cry um Cry, 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 and I cry some more because uh crying is definitely uh as I said before a spiritual tool, a powerful spiritual tool to help you to uh release uh emotions that uh, no longer uh no longer uh serve you at all. With that being said, follow the triggers. The blissing is in the triggers you learn so much by paying attention to what's triggering you who's triggering you why is it um why is it triggering you um as you start to uh look at it and see things from a higher uh perspective it helps you to heal to elevate and to ascend and um that's the beauty uh that's the beauty of it all you heal your um heal your emotions you heal your womb heal your womb you heal the woman so until next time i love you guys thank you for tuning in i hope i have said something um something to spark you up reflect on those things meditate on those things evaluate um, evaluate that thing see what your spiritual team is calling you to um, you to heal Um, yeah so that's that (laughs) until next time talk to you soon y'all stay safe